Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Be A Warrior Podcast. I'm your host and an above-knee amputee, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Hey, I am so excited to be here last week. Sorry, I ditched you. I really had to have some time with just my husband, and we finally got back to Kauai last week. It hasn't has been since um, before COVID hit. That year before COVID hit was the last time we went. Um, Kauai had their own lockdown and restrictions for two years, and then that year after that, it just kind of, we had college kids, it didn't work, and this one thing led to another and other vacations started to pile up. So fortunate enough to say that we were on the beautiful island of Kauai this last week. And, you know, it got me a chance to, you know, reset, recharge. And of course, if you know me well enough, it got me a chance to get out and test my limits and try new things and just enjoy being outside. It was beautiful gorgeous weather, very little rain, which was huge for us because whenever we've gone, this is the earliest we've ever gone. Usually we're November, December, and it's colder and rainy. Um, So we had sunshine and beautiful weather, and at times it was a bit warm. (laughs) And so uh, luckily we live in Arizona, so my skin was used to it and didn't get burned, but still it was pretty warm out. And now what I would love to do is I thought, you know, after being there, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to talk about. And if if you are new to the show, I, hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate you being here. And if you are a subscriber, you are the best and you are the reason why each week I get up and do this and do it again and do it again and do it again, even if it's just one of you. And I always said that my goal was if I can... Um, just connect and and help one person with what I'm doing, then then that's good enough for me. Because quite frankly, doing my podcast is actually helpful for me. And um, being able to talk things out, have a a platform where I can kind of process what's going on in my head and hoping that maybe another amputee or someone struggling with life's journey is listening on the other end and get something out of the podcast. So this week, I wanted to talk about, you know, I I try to be very transparent. Um, I show you obviously things I'm doing and excited about, but don't ever for one minute think that I won't post epic fails or struggles that I am having because I believe that social media gives us a great platform to help others, but it really does not help, especially people that are going through amputation or new to amputation or know someone they're supporting that's dealing with it, it's not a realistic thing that you start following some like Paralympians and and people that have been amputees for 5, 10, 15 years because they're getting their stuff together and they're figuring things out and they're, they're soaring, at least the ones that are posting, right? And I, I'm here to tell you that... Um, it, it, it isn't like that. It's, you don't start on top. Um, that should be basic knowledge for anything in life, right? If you start a new job, there's a learning curve. 
If you are in a new relationship, you have to learn about the person, what makes them tick until you have your first fight. You don't know how to handle the fight or handle what you said, and you have to learn. You go through anything medical and it is, it's anybody's game. You have to figure it out. Now I can take you through what happened with me, but my journey is different and I feel very blessed by my journey because I did elect to have my amputation and therefore I take it very seriously that uh, my success is something only I can control and I'm the only one that can push myself as hard as I push myself. But you don't start being good at something. It takes falling down. There's a proverb I've used in past episodes where, um, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight is a Chinese proverb. And it's true. And if you don't fall or fail, then how do you learn what to do next time or what not to do next time? So I'm going to share with you what my my journey this week was like. Something I have been dreaming about for the last few years is to get back to Kauai because I have never surfed, nor had I ever really thought about surfing. Being from Illinois originally, moved to Florida for a little bit, and now live in a desert. So it was never like high priority. But something, and it was aspiring to be like some of the other amputees, is when I found out and caught wind that where we go has great surf in the winter, um, and that amputees actually do surf, I thought, why not give it a try? And that was probably one of my biggest, newest goals the first year that I became an amputee. And my prosthetist at the Limb Center, um, awesome guys, Randy and David, shout out to you guys and the work you're doing and Limbs for Humanity. But they um, they created, from a blueprint that I had, they created my surf leg. And I knew nothing about surfing. I knew nothing about this leg, except that it made me shorter because it was a, a, a strict bend, no movement. And I had to work on, at PT on certain strength training before going to Kauai back in 2019. And it was the beginning of December of 2019. So it hadn't been even a year since my surgery, let alone it was only about eight months since I got a socket. And so here I was eight months out of trying to walk. And now I'm going to try to surf. Didn't know what would happen with the ocean water getting into the socket, how it would feel to be carrying a, a big, huge leg in the ocean, how I would handle the current. It's amazing how many things actually happen that you don't think about when you think surfing. You think someone up on a board and riding a wave in looks fun, looks easy. Well, this is my first time back. And I am also going to give a shout out to Zach um, out on the East Coast for creating the swell foot, which is a surf foot for amputees. Um, they sent out a prototype of something they did for school that has won a lot of awards. They're going into beta testing soon and getting a secondary, um, a secondary unit out with some tweaks to it based on what feedback we've given them. And they sent out a swell foot for me to take to Kauai this year. So I was really excited and nervous because it was much heavier than my other foot, but it definitely had more to it. And sure enough, it was awesome out in the water and my leg adapted well to getting it out of the water. But I just wanted you to know that, you know, when I began trying to surf, 
I had never surfed before, which was good because I had no preconceived notions of what normal was, quote unquote. And um, I just had to kind of fight my way through it. And of course, the people that I had helping me, the instructors, last time and this time, had never worked with an amputee before. So they had no preconceived notions on what was possible. I was their only guide to that, which was kind of cool to be their first time so they could see what it was like and what challenges would be brought to the ocean with that. So I will tell you, like when I go skiing, the nerves the night before, knowing I was getting up early the next day and getting out in the ocean, um, hoping A, that this wimp of a water person, it, the water wasn't gonna be too cold, because I cannot stand cold water. It's so bad. I am such a wimp when it comes to my water. Um, I was hoping that would be okay. Was hoping um, this was my first trip into water with a skin fit socket. So before I had a very tight liner that would roll onto my leg and then I would pull my socket on and it would suction to me, uh, to my liner. And so I remember getting out of the ocean that, that first time and taking off my leg and my liner was just soaked. And so I was like, gosh, I wonder what will happen if water gets down inside my leg, my skin's just going to become like a slip and slide. It's just going to, maybe it'll just fall right off. So I was worried about what could become a problem. Now, I will also say <laughs> with a grain of salt, obviously worrying does nobody good. The problem is it's so easy to say that and it's hard to practice that. So yes, I did worry. Plus my husband was going out with me for his first time and he was struggling with a bad back and I really didn't want him to get hurt and hate it. I wanted him to love it so that every year it was something we look forward to going back to do together. So I had a little bit on my plate and then I was like, do I have all the things I need? How will I get from the car to the ocean? How will I get into the ocean? Because, and I didn't bring my leg in here, but my leg is at a 30 degree bend at the knee and it is a, it is a, a fixed 30 degrees. It does not bend or move. And my ankle is flexed up because if you think about going into a, like a deep, um, ready stance for sports, your ankle bends, right? Your shin goes over your foot. Well, in the old one I had, it was 90 degrees. So we fixed it to make it bend or flex up. So when you put those things together, your leg becomes really short on the one side and normal on the other side, my full leg. And so walking great distances is not easy at all. Like there's no heel toe because as soon as your toe goes down, you're heading forward. So I was actually just nervous about getting to the ocean. And so we got through all those things and, um, and got in the water. The waves weren't amazing. They were just starting to kick up again. Like I said, we're there earlier than we normally are. So the, the Northern swells that come in the winter are just starting to happen in the North shore of Kauai. And so we were getting kind of battered around with really small waves that were coming at irregular intervals, which if you know anything about the waves, it's not great for surfing. If it's a short wave, my nose and my board would go down under the wave before it would come back up and I was just paddling. So you can't jump on a board where the nose is already tipped into the water because you're just going to go over. So we struggled with getting some good waves and everything. And um, I was happy to report that my paddling was strong 
we worked out for the last like four years and kept my body in shape, especially my shoulders and got in the pool some and just worked on paddling strength. Um, as I've learned, paddling is 90% of surfing. And so you need to have that strength to get a go against the waves back out. And then um, balance. Oh my gosh, balance. You got to hit that foot right. You have to jump up quick enough, but not too quick. You have to go right into balance without looking down. When you look down, you go over your board. It was crazy. I will tell you that for an hour, I was just struggling. Like I would get my one foot up and my swing my big new my swell foot around and get that on the board. I'd get it too far because I'd overshoot and I'd fall over the board. I wouldn't get it on far enough. It would, I would tip off or hit the, the toe on the inside of the board. It was a struggle, but I will tell you that after an hour of hardcore paddling and a hardcore trying to push up and get on a top of a board, I finally got there. So I was like, wow, you know, if I only did this more than three hours in five years, four years, amazing what I could probably do with my my surf skills. So got to have goals, right? Can't wait till next year. Can't wait to maybe even try it in California. And I will definitely be on my board in my pool just working on my upper body strength and my, my core stability. So it was awesome. It was totally awesome. There's nothing better than ending on a good wave and riding that wave. Doesn't matter how big or small, it's all about right now balance and finding control with your body. So I wanted you to know this, that I struggled for literally an hour. And this young man that was instructing me gave me extra time. He's like, we can't end on that one. Can't end on that one. One more. Come on, you got this. And finally, on one last one, I rode it all the way into shore. And that's where we ended it. End on a positive, right? Always end positive. The other things that we got to do was if you know anything about Kauai, there is something called the Grand Canyon there. And yes, we are in the Grand Canyon state here in Arizona. So we have been there once in the years that we've been in Kauai. And this year, the idea was to go up and hike. And so we went way up in the clouds, literally clouds were blowing through our car as we were driving up. And then we found a path that was so root bound. I will try to post pictures on my YouTube or my um, website, um, the www.beawarrior360.com. Um, you have to see the pictures because the roots were everywhere. It reminded me of Flagstaff. There was there's a path that goes up the ski mountain, and it's filled with roots and and rocks. And man, when those roots get wet, it's slippery. So dealing with dodging those roots and making sure I didn't trip on a root. Um, was was mentally tough. We did about two miles um, and it was straight down and then the turnaround was straight up and I think my heart rate was at about 160 going up that mountain and uh, but we did it and I can say that with great joy and confidence that I've hiked Hawaii um, which makes me happy. We also got out and we kayaked and um, that's just fun. That's a great upper body workout and it just was peaceful because there wasn't a lot of people kayaking. It was kind of overcast that day and it was just gorgeous. And we tried some fly fishing while we were there. So that was kind of cool. But like I said, you know, this, this journey that we are on, whether you're an amputee, going to be an amputee, or, you know, you're dealing with something else, you need to find some way to find some grace 
in the learning process because it doesn't come overnight. And quite frankly, if surfing was that easy and I didn't find it challenging, I probably would be bored with it because I want to find something that I have to perfect and work on and focus on because it brings me greater joy and satisfaction when I can get up I mean, to work an hour and get nowhere, and then the final run I got up is the best way to remember and solidify the right things, how I did it, how I can do it, and practice, practice, practice will get me only better. And so learning to tweak my my techniques and things like that is what makes me have a purpose in my life on what I want to accomplish. I like a good challenge. If it's easy, then don't hand it to me. I'd rather get challenged. Well, you know what? Just becoming an amputee right then and there, you're in a challenge. And it is one that nobody else can understand except you or another amputee. And truly no one gets your story more than you. So when it comes to so many people I know getting uh, their first prosthesis, prosthesis, can't say that five times fast and I won't even try. But when you're getting your first leg or arm or whatever, but I'm going to talk legs because that's the only one I know. But when you're getting your first leg and people think that things will be better, um, it's just the start of another journey. Um, You got through the surgery, which is mentally and emotionally exhausting and physically painful. Healing another setback and takes time. You work on patience and you work on, that's when you should be working on goal setting and what dreams you want to accomplish because that will keep you looking forward versus living right now in the moment where there's pain and scar and things that seem insurmountable. Okay. So you look to the future. The future is where you're going to start living because if you live in the past, you're not going anywhere right? And if you live just for right now, you might be really struggling right now and it's a hard place to stay. So when you need a distraction, start looking to the future, looking for your goals and what things you really want to accomplish. And do not be afraid of not being good at what you're doing. Find joy in the fact that you are trying something that some people with two legs aren't even willing to try. You know, I'm proud of myself because I got out there and tried something that makes me nervous. And if it makes me nervous, then I'm on the right path. You know, I know that the reward, if I can do it, will be so amazing and gratifying to me because I know that I had to not only try something hard, I had to overcome fear, right? And fear can enable you or disable you. And I'd prefer to it enable me. But man, those days before when I have a welled up nervousness or anxiousness or fear for what I'm going to try, it gets to the point where, you know, now you can't, you can't turn back because you've told people that's where I go. I usually be like, I'm going surfing. And everybody's like, that's great. Can't wait to hear all about it. Well, guess what? Those are the people that I make sure I don't turn away from my fear and I plow through it because they're counting on hearing a story. And so that actually keeps me motivated and keeps me on track. Now, when it comes to doing this, obviously I would be a much better surfer if I could do it consistently, right? Because with anything, yes, you can try it. You'll probably suck right at the beginning. But with consistency and then goal setting and and doing it continually, 
you will eventually find success and you will find a, a way to overcome the, the whatever hurdles you're dealing with. So when it comes to basic stuff as an amputee, when you first get your first leg and you can't figure out how to walk without a crutch or a wheelchair or a walker or something, and you're afraid to let go, that's normal. Okay. That as much as I hate using the word normal, it's not, it's not easy. People think, you know, Oh, you get, once you get your leg, you start walking. No, that is so hard. And don't let anybody discount you for how hard you're working because it is a tough gig. It's never going to feel normal because it's not the leg you were given at birth. And it's not going to be easy to start because that's when you are going to find out what muscles are weak, how strong your core is or not your back you know, your other leg. And I know so many people that are struggling with their good leg being damaged, damaged goods from an accident or overuse because of years of problems with the leg they amputated. So when you see someone, if you're not an amputee and you see someone out, even just walking through a parking lot. Now the contention is people, some people don't like to be told you inspire me. Um, because they're just trying to maneuver through a day and just walking shouldn't be inspiring. But I take it the other way. You know, if I can inspire you by getting after it with a smile on my face, then that helps me see that I'm doing the right thing for the world because I'm bringing joy into the world and possibilities to the world. That's where I like to reside. That makes me happy and that keeps my goals moving forward. But like I said, if you are struggling right now with walking or um, getting a good fit, this is all part of practice, practice, practice. And you have to know your own body and you have to know your own pain levels to understand when it's good pain and bad pain. It should feel uncomfortable because it's weird, right? You have something heavy and plastic and metal on your leg um, attached with suction more than likely, or a lanyard. And it's just weird. (laughs) I can't explain it anyway. It's just weird. So when you're trying to just get through the day to day, you push through some of those because it's the only way you're going to push past uncertainty and fear. And it's the only way that I can see that someone will get better at what they're doing. So If you take a gymnast, for example, and they are doing, you know, the uneven bars, you know, their first swing around or whatever might be an epic fail, you know, and they probably have to deal with a little bit of anxiety or fear that they're going to land what they're doing. But they go back day in, day out, they continue and they might get calluses and they might get worn down and they might have sore muscle, but they go back day in, day out, day in, day out until they become great at what they're doing. I wouldn't say perfect, but great. And they've got muscle memory and everything. Well, same thing with your prosthetic. If you're going to get out and walk every day and just say, today, I'm going to walk as far as my leg will let me. Okay. Maybe that's the end of the block. And that's all you can do the first day. Then the next time you go out, which should be the very next day is okay. Can my leg handle get to the block? Yeah. Can I do about 10 more steps? Yeah do 10 more steps, turn around and go home. Each day you kind of expand. And yes, you are going to have a bad day where all of a sudden you can't get to the end of the block because the fit just doesn't feel right. And that's okay. That is something I went through too. It's not every day is an advancement. 
Okay. And actually in anything that you do, what ends up happening is there's growth and then there's a setback. And then there's new growth. It happens with weightlifting. It happens when you're teaching kids something. I was a teacher for a while and inevitably kids would learn something really well. And then the, the next day or the next week, they just, they didn't get something and they had a setback, but then they, they have an aha moment and boom, they, they, they jet forward again. So that's the same thing with this. You're not going to have a great day every day and other things will happen. Um, your mood, your emotion, the weather, uh, your fit, uh, just what things are happening in your own life. There are things that emotionally drag us down or mentally exhaust us that don't allow us to be mentally focused on the walking. And when I say mentally focused, I truly mean it. When I was walking through those paths, hiking in the mountains there in Kauai last week, there is no room for me really to have a social conversation or look around. My view is looking down the next step ahead of me, trying to time my, my footing, you know, because if I'm walking, I don't want to have my normal gait stepping my prosthetic on a big route that I might slip off of. So I'm constantly adjusting my gait, making a longer gait to a shorter gait, stutter stepping. Sometimes it's step two, step two. And, not, and it's not one over the other. I mean, there's a lot of thinking that goes in, into walking with a prosthetic. And I'm talking with four and a half years of experience, I still will do that. It's not like it doesn't come naturally. It just, you have to do it. You have to put in the work and you have to be focused. All this to, to say to you that when you struggle, don't look at people on social media that are look like you because they have an above knee amputee uh, amputation or a below knee amputation. Look at just you, what they are showing you when they're out there on a ski slope or out hiking or running is hours and hours, if not years of practice before they posted that perfect video. Trust me on this because I have fallen trapped to that too, where I'm like, ah, why do they do that so easily? I have a running blade and it still scares me. That's one of my nemesis that I'm trying to get over, but I haven't done it yet. I've tried and it's okay, but it's full on mental and emotional engagement that exhausts me, not physically, just internally, because I've got to stay on target. When I, the moment that I stop focused on my step is when I've tripped every time with out exception, I have fallen in my running blade. And usually at the end of a walk or run, walk, run, because I'm tired and I'm tired of thinking. But when you see people perf doing perfectly on their running or their, their hiking or their skiing, their surfing, their jump rope, whatever, the lifting, whatever it is you see them doing perfectly in your eyes and you wishing you were there, just know that they worked hard to get there and they're only showing you the end result. They're not showing you what it took, the grind and the, the meltdowns and the skin, knees and hands. They're not showing you those down and outs because people want to be inspired on social media, not, you know, like, well, that sucks. And pity parties, no one wants someone to go, I'm so sorry that happened to you. So they don't post that. And of course, everybody wants to be proud of what they've done to show, but just remember that. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. 
put in the work and you will get to where you want to be. But what are your goals? What is it that you want to do? Because that's more important than what everybody else is doing. Age matters, your sex matters, your financial situation matters, your family life matters, your job situation matters, your health matters. Everybody's different because of all those underlying things that we don't see on a social post. So when you do aspire towards, oh, that's what I want to do someday, that's great to set that as your goal, but understand the goal setting and the incremental work you are going to have to put into to get there. That any amputee that's doing what they're doing, and you look at like Paralympians, they're busting their butts every day. That is their full-time job. Well, I'm not a Paralympian, so I'm not going to ski like a Paralympian skier because I go a couple times a year. And dang it, I'm proud of myself because I thought I'd never ski again. So the goal is to get out and ski with my family every year. And I'm, do- I'm doing it. I- I've done it and I'm doing it. And I will continue to do that until my right leg no longer can handle it. So it's okay to see what's possible. Just don't fall into the trap of being disappointed in yourself because you see perfection from somebody else. Remember, everybody has to start somewhere. It just doesn't come to us. Everyone that is an amputee had to learn how to deal with being an amputee, first emotionally and then mentally and of course physically. So when it comes down to it, what are your goals? What are you looking to aspire to do? Because that is ultimately what will make you succeed or fail as an amputee. If you can set goals out in front of you, like a carrot in front of you, you will eventually get yourself there. Set specific goals and understand that failure on days is expected and is the only way to improve and get better. And then consistency, doing things every day. Whenever you can, you do it. And that will get you to that point. When I was learning to walk, and I have mentioned this before, but one of the things that intrigued me because I was learning to walk and I was embarrassed because it's weird and you know there's a waddle i call it the penguin waddle when you're first learning to put all your weight into your leg you don't want to so you you kind of shift off of it real quick and waddle out your hips move well i decided that i wanted to do a race and at this time this was before covid when virtual races were there but they weren't booming it was after COVID that I noticed virtual races exploded on social media. Well, I started doing virtual races and I thought, okay, the first one I picked was like over three months, 150 miles. I'm like, I did the math, you know, I got my calculator out. This is my deadline. How many miles would I have to do a day? Seven days. Oh, I could do two miles a day. Well, guess what? The very first day I decided to go out with my leg was literally only probably a month after wearing it. And I'm like, surely I can do two miles. That's not far at all. I'll just take a nice stroll. It won't matter my speed. I could barely get to the end of the block to my mailboxes. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's not even a quarter of a mile. Oh, great. And I turned back and went home. So then I had to recalculate. Okay, so I'm one day shorter and I didn't get two miles in. I only got a quarter of a mile in, not even. How many days, how many do I have to do? Oh, great. Now I got to do 2.1 miles a day. Great. 
well, what happens if I miss a day? What happens if I have a bad day? You know, you're going to have days where you just don't want to put your leg on. So that's how I got used to my, my walking leg is I set a goal and I wanted to achieve it. And I did achieve it. There were days where I actually walked twice in one day to make up for missed days and shorter days than two miles. That's how I had to make up for it. But you know what? By the end, I was confident in my leg. So that's how I did it. That made me focus on every day. The goal was to get out and try to walk two miles. And when that was there, I said, and when that medal comes, I will not open it until I have accomplished the 150 miles. And I did it. And of course, then I was hooked. Then I did 175 mile one and then another 151. And then from there, I started doing like the 5Ks. And I'd say, I'm going out. I'm doing 3.2 right now. And I will not open my my medal that comes in the mail until I do the 3.2. So I would keep that carrot of the a reward in front of me and I had to earn it. And I had to earn it and I had to be honest with myself because I don't like lying to myself and I won't cheat myself. I can't get better if I cheat myself. So that's kind of where I went. But man, did I stumble and fall. And I then tried to do that with my running blade. I said, I'm going to do this 150 miler with just my running blade on. Even if I'm walking, I have to get used to the running blade. And I did it. There was times I ran, sometimes I walked, most of the time I walked. And I got through it, but not before buying wrist guards because literally every time I went out, I would fall. And so that's how I got used to at first, got used to my running blade so that I could use it for my 10K for the Phoenix Rock and Roll Marathon a year after my surgery. So goal setting and learning to embrace falling and failing and learning how to pick yourself back up and brush yourself off and say, it's okay, time to try it again. Um, not being afraid of that failure again, because that can really hold someone back. You try something, you fail, and then a lot of people will be like, you know what, this is too hard. So you have to really want it and you have to be consistent, but it's not easy and it's not beautiful right at the beginning. So when you want to earn something, you have to earn it. You really have to work hard. So call to action this week. Let's wrap this up. I hope this helped. I will post some pictures on my website and um, I will also have a, I will have an ad um, on social media so you can see some pictures of the things that I did so you can understand that. And then I will see what I can find. I don't think there's anything that I really taped myself um, failing. Uh, people don't like to, to do that, but um, I just want you to know that being honest, you, you're going to fail. It, it's just part of it, right? So we want to push through that, rise up, brush yourself off, give yourself a little forgiveness and some grace and do it again and do it again and do it again. And I promise you it'll get easier and you will achieve your goal and you'll be so proud of yourself because you've had to work so hard to do it. You'll know it and actually your family and your friends will see it too, how hard you've worked. So call to action is figure out what it is you really want. Wherever you're at in your journey, what is it you truly want? You have to be honest with yourself and reach for the, the limit, you know, like go hard on it. You know, if you want to walk comfortably, don't just say, well, I'll wear it, you know, every day for a little bit. You Set a realistic goal and say, this is going to be tough, but I know I can do it. And then what I want you to do is write the steps down. 
here's my big goal. I want to do this by this date. And how will I get there? And then write down, literally, don't put it in your head. Don't go, I need to walk every day. No, I had to put down that I had to walk two miles a day to reach the goal by the deadline. You're going to want to do the same thing. And I really would suggest trying to do a virtual race because that's a really fun way. You don't have to run. You can walk it. You can do, you can do it however you want. If you want to swim it, whatever, but depends on what your goal is. Mine was to get comfortable in my new leg and walk unassisted for long periods of time. I wanted to be confident and comfortable. So I said, I'm doing this goal. I have to walk two miles every day and this is the deadline. So do that. Big goal, the little goals that were going to have to happen every day until you get to the deadline. And that's where you need to be. That's where you're going to have to push yourself. It's going to be uncomfortable. Embrace the uncomfortableness. Learn to live there because it's going to be a part of your life. And just keep pushing forward. And when you fall, and you will, when you fail, and you will, just remember that is the way to learn. If you aren't falling or failing, you probably aren't pushing yourself hard enough, which means the end result won't be as rewarding as something that was difficult to accomplish. So for some of you, for most of you, if you're an amputee, it might be just learning to walk in your leg. Then just do that. Tell yourself that you're going to walk a little further every day. So if you can only walk to the end of your drive and back, and that's a triumph for you, way to go. Tomorrow, try to walk to the end of your driveway and to the next driveway and then back. Every little step towards that goal of lengthening that time when you're walking is a goal set being made. You are getting to the point where you want to be. So just baby steps are good. It doesn't need to be extreme. And then one day you'll be the one posting how you're doing and you're out there walking a marathon, okay? And then somebody is going to be in your shoes someday going, I wonder how she got there or how he got there. Well, you know what? Then you can tell them this, that it took baby steps and a lot of perseverance and continually working at it to get to that point. It was not given to me. I had to work for it. So if you want it, you work for it and you will fail and that's okay. Failing helps you learn. So I hope this helps you. Um, I am so happy to be back, but I have to say I do miss the island. I can't wait to get back there to see people. Oh, and I did find horses while I was on there, which makes me so happy. And ironically, it was an old friend from the neighborhood I grew up in, like the good old fashioned neighborhood. Like we lived in Illinois, our whole block was filled with kids, all ranges of age, but we were all within probably three to four years of each other. And we would play kick the can and capture the flag. We'd get a softball game going. There wasn't a lot of traffic. We had no sidewalks. So we played in the streets, you know, went home when the lights went on in the summer. And this, this person, one of my friends from that neighborhood, when I was little, where I was born, actually lives on Kauai and has a horse rescue, a horse sanctuary. And it did me so good to just be there and to experience it and to sit with the horses and just smell their smell and talk with an old friend. And um, I'm just so blessed to have been able to meet up with someone I actually knew 
from years and years ago doing such good work with animals that I love dearly. So uh, mahalo, Amy. That was awesome. And until next time, as always, be healthy, be happy, be you. Be you.